1: It's All Even with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Podbeam as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. I'm all over the place, man. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment, because the page is growing, baby. That All Even wave, get on that wave. Lots to get into. My Dallas Cowboys, man. The the pain. the, The pain. That's all I'm going to say about that. I got Bryson Carver on the show from the Carving It Up podcast. And the man has a debt to pay. The bill has come due. We're going to talk everything football, basketball as well. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. You know, normally i come on here and i will try to get cute with it and try to come up with an analogy that makes sense. But not today. Now, I ain't got the energy for it. I ain't going to hold you. That game on Sunday took everything out of me. The Dallas Cowboys, they lost a game that, yeah, you can lose. You can can get outplayed. You know, certain decisions can be made. But how they lost on Sunday, I ain't going to hold you. It's one of the worst losses I've ever experienced as a Cowboys fan. It's bad to have that type of situation happen. And obviously, I'm going to get into it. So let's just do that, right? QB draw, 14 seconds left. You go five yards too deep. And then you don't know to give the ball to the ref. But let's dial it back, right? How did we get here? How did we get into that situation in the first place? Well, I'll tell you how we got into that situation. Dallas defers instead of taking the ball and scoring. Because for whatever reason, Mike McCarthy believes that he has the 2,000 Ravens back there. Mike McCarthy believes that, that's eh, it's fine. We don't need to take the ball and set the tone because we haven't done it all year, right? We don't set the tone. We're always down big points. And then our quarterback, our fearless quarterback, will be able to dig us out of the hole. How does that work out for the Dallas Cowboys this season in regards to playing teams that are actually good? They lost to the Bucks on opening night. They lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. They lost to the Denver Broncos. They lost to the Oakland Raiders. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Four out of those five teams are actually good teams. Now, Denver is not a bad team. They're just not elite. But they're good. They can game plan for you. This is the problem that I'm having with Dallas right now. Is that after a loss like that, where the San Francisco 49ers rushed the ball, you can't stop them, Debo Samuel is doing all the things that Debo does. Jimmy Garoppolo has a perfect first half and then falls off the table in the second half to give Dallas a chance to even get back into the game. Where do you go from here? Where do you go? Dan Quinn possibly is going to get a job in this cycle. After the performance that Kellen Moore put on, I don't think anybody wants him, so he'll stay. Mike McCarthy has gotten reassurance from the front office that he's not going anywhere. So how does this team get better? Here's my answer. They don't. The Cowboys are going to be the same team that they were this year, next year. The only difference is that Dan Quinn won't be there. That edge that he gave the defense won't be there. So this was the year. Right? Because Dax' cap hit this year was team friendly. All the guys you got on one-year deals on defense that need to be signed back. Dalton Schultz is a free agent. And so many so many question marks. Where do you fix this team? Jerry Jones himself is confused. Jerry Jones is not a man of few words. Jerry Jones will tell you exactly what's on his mind. Jerry Jones didn't have anything to say on Sunday. That's how painful this loss was because of the potential that's here. We've heard all year, oh, Dak is Dak is this, Dak is that. He's having his best, best year of his career. That's why he's getting the big bucks, $75 million a year, to not know that you have to give the ball to the ref. That's what we're paying for. Offensive coordinator that refuses to take shots downfield. A head coach that doesn't understand clock management and doesn't really preach defense because the team led the league in penalties, had 14 penalties on Sunday, tied a franchise record. All of those things. What is going to change next year? Nothing. McCarthy's still going to be there. He's going to be a year older and no smarter. Kellen Moore is going to be there another year pass and no braver because he doesn't like to take shots downfield. He's a dink and dump type of guy. Bland offense, predictable offense. What's going to change? The biggest problem that I have with this team, this team that is not an upper echelon team and they're not a basement team, they're right there in the middle. And the worst place that you can possibly be is in the middle. Because the moves that you make, you think that you're a couple of pieces away from contending and being a real Super Bowl contender. And you don't really believe that you're that low to the basement either. You're right there in the middle. Purgatory. It's football purgatory. That's not where you want to be. You want to be somewhere where they can be able to tell you that you live the good life that you're that close to nirvana, that paradise. No, 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 they're in purgatory. And it's not going to get any better. Roger Staubach is not running through that door. Brett Favre is not running through that door. You have Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott who continues to make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. That five-yard out that turned into an interception, mistake. Those are rookie mistakes, two-year mistakes. It's not something that a $75 million man makes. He doesn't do that. You don't see Brady make those type of mistakes. You don't see Aaron Rodgers make those type of mistakes. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. No, we have Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott needs things to be perfect. Perfect defense. Make sure the offensive line is clicking. Make sure you got the greatest weapons on the outside. Make sure you got the greatest running backs. Make sure you got the greatest head coach. Make sure special teams is fine. That's Dak Prescott. If you don't have that, it's not going to be ideal. That's the problem is that Dak Prescott is more Kirk Cousins. Dak is more Baker Mayfield than he actually is Tom Brady or Russell Wilson. Or Patrick Mahomes. So what do you do? How do you get better when the guy making the decisions behind center continues to make the same mistakes? Blames the refs. The whole team does that. And that's a problem. That's a reflection of the coach. We've heard all year. Oh, it's the referees. The coaches uh, referees. Referees, referees, referees. Mike McCarthy's talking about referees. When they lose, the referees. When they win, it's not the referees, right? Referees didn't help you win. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, Dak Prescott echoed those same BS nonsense at the press conference. Talked about, oh, well, you know, credit to the fans for throwing bottles at the refs. Later came out and apologized today, so shouts to him for that. But that's what it is being a Dallas Cowboys fan. It's the excuses. When things go wrong, it's the referees. We got jerked at this or that. But do we ever actually look at ourselves and say, you know what? We put ourselves in this situation. The fact that we spotted them so many points. Why are we shocked? Why are we ever shocked? It's not going to get any better. Because Jerry Jones cannot get out of his own way. Instead of hiring a coach that is a disciplinarian, A guy that can be able to hold players accountable. He wants a yes man. He wants a puppet. And that's exactly what Mike McCarthy is. Don't let the regular season wins fool you. He did it in Green Bay. They won. But they have one Super Bowl to show for it. We won't get there because we don't have an Aaron Rodgers. And we may have some nice pieces that people like. Micah Parsons. CeeDee Lamb. But... The reality is, is that the same team that you saw this year is going to be the same team that you see next year. They're going to win maybe 11, 12 games. They're going to win the division because the NFC East is still bad. And they're going to lose in the first round. And Cowboys fans are going to look again and say, why does this happen every year? It happens because... When your head coach and your quarterback are not elite and they're not terrible, right there in the middle, that's what type of results you're going to get. You'll never be able to beat those teams at the top. You can be able to beat those teams at the bottom, but where do those teams end up at the end of the season? The teams that can't beat the elite teams. They end up right there in the middle of the pack. Nothing will change. Dak's cap number is going to keep going up over the next few years. You have Zeke that pretty much looks done. I mean, he said that he had a PCL tear, okay. But is he going to be able to come back? I don't know. Amari Cooper wants to be back, but maybe a cap casualty. Randy Gregory, I really don't want him back after that undisciplined Goldberg tackle that he had. So, there's no changes that's going to happen. There's no drastic changes that's going to propel this team where you want them to be because the changes that really need to be made won't be. Coming up after the break, a debt needs to be paid. (laughs) The bill has come due, and I'm here to collect. On a Tuesday night, it's all even. Yo, what's your man DJ G Money Plant Flip the Script Podcast. We yeah, yeah, yeah. in the studio right now. Flip shut up.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> listen. Shout out to the All Even Podcast, my all man even. Barry oh, Grant Jr. Nigga, whoa, 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 what's up, oh, man? Whoa whoa, 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 what happened? What you, what you, you want to say to the people? Shout out somebody oh, yeah, to your podcast. Yeah, my man
0: join you. What's up? All even. All even podcast. Yo, yeah, ain't even up here, boy. We put this on something. All even.
1: Yo, you. Oh my God. What's up with you, man? No, you go, well, that's a shout out. You're keeping this? Yeah, keep
0: all that. <laughs> you want right? yeah, your podcast, right? Yeah, all even. Shout uh, out to all even
1: podcast,
0: right? All even? That's your man? My man. It's fine. All right, shout out to all even pocket. Cool?
1: 100%, 100%. he cool. Is he, he cool? Let me see. If, is he cool? Yeah. What's up, oh, Oh! What's up, D? D. Oh! D. 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 My fellow podcaster, my brother, Bryson Carver from Carving It Up Podcast. Welcome to the show, my man. How you doing?
2: I'm doing okay. I mean, I can't say I'm, I'm overly excited about being on the show, but hey, uh, you know uh, what this. Oh, wow.
1: Why? Can you tell everybody why you're not excited to be here tonight?
2: Well, uh, I proposed a bet 10 months ago with Barry after, uh, after Rain Dakota Prescott's contract uh, was signed. And I, I, said, okay, Barry, cause he was on the show soon after. And I said, if Dak Prescott leads the Cowboys to the conference championship game, Barry has to go on my show and praise Dak. And if he doesn't get there, then I got to go on the show that you're listening to right now. Uh, this, this, the side of the bet you are listening to right now. And, uh, I got to diss Dak. Well, we had a little thing added in here and I I can thank my awesome mother for this. Um, And of course, Barry wholeheartedly agreed. If, you know, obviously as you, you, you guys out there know, Barry is clearly from New York. I am clearly not. I'm clearly a Southern boy. (laughs) And so the bet was not only Barry would have to praise Dak, he'd have to do it in a Southern accent. If I lost, I had to diss Dak in a New York accent, and me being the bonehead I am, I added a two-minute timer to this thing. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's why we're here, Barry. Oh, man.
1: Listen, I said it on IG. I said it on Twitter. The bill comes due, Bryson. All right? Let's get this over. I I told you. I told you this would happen, but you didn't want to listen. So, Bryson, let's start this off by saying, you know, Cowboys, they end up having a – terrible performance against the 49ers they don't score 20 points they only score 17 points uh Dak Prescott has a very uneven game Uh, I was very upset I didn't think he played well I don't think he deserved a uh 20 something QBR anyway I think it was about 15 possibly you know so what are your thoughts on Dak Prescott's performance and please articulate in the New York accent that I know you can do so well. Here's the
2: thing, Barry. Dak Prescott, first of all, is like a brother to me. (laughs) I have loved this young man since he was at Mississippi State when he was bowling out with the Bulldogs. And he's been a Dallas Cowboy for six years now. But I gotta keep it real. He was terrible against the San Francisco 49ers. Terrible? Terrible. Horrible. 29 QBR. A passer rating of about 70. Bailey threw for 250. And threw a terrible interception on second and 28 in his own territory. You cannot get outbowled by Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, you can. And I got lots of other things to say about the Dallas Cowboys. But Dak, I love you, my man. And I know you apologized after your post-game comments the other day. But you got to be better. (laughs) You have to be better. You cannot, on a quarterback draw, slide five yards further than than you should have, bump into the official, and then blame the official. You didn't hand him the ball. You gave it to your sinner, Tyler Biotish, instead of to the umpire. Unacceptable. And you have the audacity to blame the officials and to condone fan assault of the officials. It is disgusting. And I almost threw up after the game Barry, <laughs> I nearly threw up. And so did Dak Prescott, I love you man. You must be better, and now my two minutes comes up. <laughs> Is that it? Is that all I got to do?
1: Oh my goodness! You sound, how bad was it? You sound like a seventy-year-old Italian man. That's what you sounded like.
2: Was it that bad?
1: <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs>
2: so it's like it's what I get. I deserve well, it. I
1: appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that you 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 manned up, man. You 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 lived up to the bet. This was great. I waited a long time for that, and, man, it was well worth it. It's well worth it, man. All right, now it's, it's business as usual. Let's go. Here oh, we go. my goodness. Listen, <laughs> I, should, I should ban that hat from the show. should ban it from the show. Now, listen, let's okay. go ahead and get into some, some cowboy questions because I have a lot of them. First off, um, you know, if, if you're taking the pulse of Cowboys Nation right now, I don't think that there's a loss in the last 20 years that feels this bad. Like any Cowboys fan that I talk to, they are in the dumps right now. Like most of the time we lose, uh, you know, better luck next year. We'll be back next year. You know, a lot of people still have that optimism. But for me, it feels worse today than it actually felt when they lost. And I said it on Twitter. I said it to, to, to Mike Guido. Shouts to Mike Guido. That this is worse than the Dez catch, no catch to me. It fit, it's way worse. Okay. Because of the expectation. Like that year, we weren't supposed to go 12 and 4. That was a surprise out of the blue. Nobody expected the Cowboys to be that good. This year, I think people. A lot of people picked the Cowboys to go far. They 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 thought the offense was great. Hell, they 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 had the um the wide receiver core as like top three in all the football and before the before the season started. So my question to you is, how should Cowboys Nation feel right now? Should you feel optimistic about next season, or should you really feel like? we're not going anywhere. It's just going to be the same old story.
2: Well, I mean, if I had to, if, if you asked me to describe how I'm feeling about next season, of one word, it's a, really a three letter word, Meh. Yeah. Because there's, you, you made a good point about this feels worse than the Des Bryant catch, no catch game after that game. It's like, and, and you, listen, you know, people out there who's li- who listening to the carving it up. Li- no, I am not one who blames refs. That's not what I do. Right um but in that game you feel like like okay we put out our best effort and we got jobbed, you know with four minutes left but you're like okay this came out of nowhere Romo sort of revitalized his career at least it appeared at that point you got Dez who's arguably arguably the best receiver in football um at that point in time you got a defense that you know took steps in the right direction you're thinking okay we'll be back next year and let's run this thing back 2016 kind of the same deal, right? You go 13-3 with a rookie Dak and Zeke. You fall short against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the playoffs. But you're thinking, look, we did this with rookies. Okay, the future is as bright as it, as it can be, right? right? Like Dak had a great year and, and Zeke was unbelievable. And it's like, okay, we went toe-to-toe with, at the time, the best quarterback in the game. We, we can keep, you know, we can build off this and maybe win some championships in the next, you know, six to seven years. And then this go-around, it's like, how many teams in these playoffs were healthier than the Cowboys? I mean, like outside of Keanu Neal, they were all pretty much there and and, and Michael Gallup, obviously. Right. But everybody was there. Um, You know, you obviously come off a dominant win over your hated division rival the week prior. You're feeling good about the offense. The defense had been playing lights out for the last month and it's, they come out predictably, you know, hindsight's 2020, but predictably flat. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, and I looked at their twenty twenty two opponents. Their home, uh, her, their home schedule outside of about three games is, is is a piece of cake. They play the NFC North and, and the you know uh, uh, AFC South. Road road uh, uh road games are brutal. And so when I look at, it, I'm like ten and seven, 11, 6 out against San Francisco or against the Rams in next year in the first round. Right, right. There's there's nothing. What am I supposed to build off of? Right. That's kind of my thing. Is I feel like. Were there some games they let go this year? Yeah, the Raiders and they had opportunities against the Chiefs, and obviously they could have easily won at Tampa in week one. But for the most part, you're like, okay, 12 and 5, all the ups, all the downs. You'll take a 12 and five record and obviously winning the division. And that's what you get out of it. And I gotta say, I've never seen a more solemn Jerry Jones yeah. after a loss ever. I mean, he looked drained. Yeah. And uh, you know his, his press conference was, you know, surprisingly short. And so there's, there's a feeling right now, like, where do we go from here? And so my thing is, and, and you know, I'm not somebody who's like, oh, just you know, fi- fire the coach. Mike McCarthy, this has been his, his story going back to his days in Green Bay. Obviously, clock management, we don't have enough time to get into all those, those instances. You have the fact that we saw in Hard Knocks, horrendous motivator. <laughs> and it can't motivate a, 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 a squirrel to eat a nut, as the old saying goes. Um, you know, Harry high school and Johnny F around. It's like, what are we doing here? And so you got that, you know, you got the fact that again, you play in a bad division and you take advantage of it. But once you face teams that actually have good rosters and good coaching, nothing. So that's kind of my thing is where do we go from here? And I got to be honest, I'm not really sure what we do outside of maybe, And I'm not even sure if this fixes all the problems you got your next head coach in the building is name is Dan Quinn. But outside of that, I'm not. Dan Quinn's probably going to get hired by Denver or somebody, and that's that's going to be it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you pretty summed it up. You pretty much summed it up. Is that I don't, I don't see anything changing next year. I think it's going to be more of the same. Whether they go 12 and five, whether they go 11 and six, they're going to be somewhere there, and we're going to win the division because the division is not ready to come back yet it's getting there you know i i I do believe that the eagles will be better i do believe that the skins will be better oh my god i said skins the washington football team excuse me might be the Commanders Um, soon i think right right commanders whatever whatever they want to incinerators whatever you want to call them right (laughs) yeah but um you know i think that you know they're they're on the come up the giants is going to take a little time for them because you know but outside of that I don't see Dallas being better than anybody else. And that's the problem. It's either like we all know in football, in sports, not even just football, you're either the best of the best or you're the worst of the worst. You don't want to be in the middle. No, because there's no room for getting any decent draft picks. There's no room for, getting any decent free agents because you got the, you have to spend like a contender because you think that you're that close. You're you, you think you're more closer to the top than you are on the bottom when in actuality you're just there. So that's where Dallas is, is that they're right in the middle and that's purgatory. That's football purgatory. It is. That's where they are. That's where they're going to stay because Stephen Jones just came out and said that Mike McCarthy is safe. Nobody's going to hire Kellen Moore after what they've seen. Dan Quinn is the most valuable person that we have in our coaching staff other than Bones Fossil, and he's going to be out the door. There's no scenario that Jerry Jones can keep Dan Quinn unless he wants to stay. Right. That's the only way he's going to stay unless he wants to. There's no amount of money that Jerry can give him There's no title that Jerry can give him outside of head coach that will make him stay. Even if you say, okay, hey, Dan Quinn, you're going to be the associate. It doesn't matter. That's not going to make him stay. So now you had a guy that gave your defense an edge. They had a personality. They had an identity this year, and he's going out the door. Mm -hmm. How do you replace that? You can replace Kellen Moore. You can replace Mike McCarthy. You can't replace what Dan Quinn gave you. And that's the problem that I'm having right now is that for the first time as a Dallas Cowboys fan, a very long time, I don't see a bright future. I just see a team that's going to be very, very marginal. They'll win their division, and then they're going to
2: lose a wild card matchup at home again probably against an NFC West team. And I want to address some of your few points. You know, you, you talk about you either want to be at the top or you want to be at the bottom. You don't want to be in the middle. It's football purgatory. And here's, here's why that is. If you're at the top, obviously you have a clear path. It's championship or bust. It's Lombardi or bust. That's where Tampa and Green Bay and Kansas City and Buffalo and teams like that are. Right. But, and if you're at the bottom, you're like, well, only way to go from here is up. Exactly. Um, you know, if you're in the New York Giants – you know they um, now they're they're kind of in a different spot because their salary cap situation is horrible but say you're a team like the jacksonville jaguars right okay we've got our franchise quarterback let's see if we can find a coach who can develop him exactly. and let's go from here we, we've we've drafted fairly well over the last couple of years let's see what we can do and so like like you said if you're in the middle you're sort of in undecided territory and it's even more complicated for the Cowboys because look, and he's talked about this before, Jerry Jones has said, look, I'm not going to be here forever. I got to see myself. I, I got to see another you know, Lombardi trophy in Dallas. And I think in his mind, he wants to expend all the resources possible to get that. But the problem with Jerry is, and I have, gosh, I've said this for years, he will never, since, at least since Jimmy Johnson, there's only been one exception. It's been Bill Parcells. Right. He'll never hire a coach he can't control. Correct. Never. That's why Brian Flores, Lord, why I love Brian Flores to come to Dallas. He would never hire him. Right. It would never work. And to your Dan Quinn point, and there's a couple things I want to address about that. You said he gave the defense an edge, and he did. Like – you know, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, the two most statistically productive players on that defense. They talk about Dan Quinn like he's their dad. I mean, they right. love him. Uh, the players love him. They talk about, you know, he's like your crazy uncle. I mean, the the, 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 the team gravitates towards him. Think about the, 20, uh, the, the 2013 and 14 Seattle Seahawks defense. Remember, right. uh, the Legion of Boom and Bobby Wagner just stacked defense. And they were outstanding. And they were still good. But when Dan Quinn left, it was never really the same. Right. Now, there were some injuries in there, obviously, but th- that never had that same we fear you right. type of defense. I agree. And something else as well, last point about Dan Quinn. Remember when Mike McCarthy got COVID, Dan Quinn slides in in a big game for the Cowboys against the New Orleans Saints. You know, they had just lost two straight. They needed this one. Now, Dallas's offense wasn't great. Their defense was. You know how many penalties the Cowboys had in that game, Barry? Zero, five. Wow, fourteen in the biggest game in, in in for the Cowboys in years. Five with Dan Quinn at head coach, and there was a different energy. There was a more there was kind of a, a loose feeling about the team, and so that's kind of my thing. Is he's got all the the the, the qualities of a head coach. The players love him. Da, 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 da. <laughs> he's right there. <laughs> the the guy. Everybody. He and Brian Flores are the most sought after candidates. Well. Brian Flores is on the market right now. Dan Quinn, a couple offices, you know, down the down the hall. You've got uh, him in your building. You're depressing so,
1: me. You're you're depressing yeah, I'll stop. me. I'll stop. i Really are it's it because I, I, all right. I I just need to know from let, let's just think from a rational standpoint, right? a lot of times where fans, we don't think rationally, like we just want to, okay, team loses, fire this guy, get rid of this guy, right? Yep. What would be a rational reason to retain Mike McCarthy?
2: From the Jones perspective, and look, I kind of get where they're coming from here. They say, hey, look, 2020 we dealt with injuries to our quarterback offensive line defense you know the whole bit our defense was historically bad yes um we win six games we doubled our win total in 2021 now me personally do i think mike mccarthy was the reason for that absolutely not no but that might be the way they're thinking because his his tenure in green bay started you know kind of the same i think he went like eight and eight or something like that, his first year in green Bay. And then they won the division the very next year. So maybe they're saying, Hey, if we give him four or five years, maybe that fifth year, finally we'll, we'll, we'll get to win a super bowl. But I just don't think that's the reality. And not one of the 12 wins, which is, you know, Hey, that's, that's a step below, you know, the team that won the most games in the league this year, that's the green Bay Packers. You won 12 games. Not one of those games can I say Mike McCarthy won that game for the Cowboys. Right. You can right. say that about New England. You can say that in Kansas City, in uh, Los Angeles with the Rams. You you cannot say that in Dallas with the and, head coach. And, of this. and
1: that's the crazy part, Bryson, is that when your eyes tell you that somebody is not the guy, normally your eyes are not wrong. Right. We can see the good coaches in the league. We know the guys that can be able to win games, and just because they're there, your team is guaranteed another three to four wins because of their stellar play call and their clock management, how they're able to manage the game and all that stuff. Mike McCarthy has had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. He has one Super Bowl appearance and win. In that time, you've had two of the greatest throwers to ever throw a football. And you have one Super Bowl appearance. That in itself should just tell you that you need to don't look at the record. Don't look at how many times he's gotten to the playoffs. Don't look at none of those things. You have to look inside of those numbers and say something's wrong here. Something just does not fit. You know what it reminds me of? And I'm, you know, I'm going to use another sport. Mike Brown. Mike Brown. Cleveland. Is Exactly. As much as I like Mike Brown as an assistant for Golden State, Mike Brown is not a great head coach. And the reason why is because we realized that although he had the great LeBron James in Cleveland and they won 60 games consecutively, two consecutive seasons, They never got to an NBA final. Why? Because Mike Brown never pushed the right buttons. Mike Brown was not the guy that could be able to lead you and get you over the hump. That's who Mike McCarthy is. Is he a terrible coach? No. Is he a great coach? No. But what do they always say about your pets, Bryson? Your pets always take the personality of the owner. You ever heard of that? Seems like I have. Yeah. Well, if you haven't, that's the same. What have the, what have the Dallas Cowboys looked like? They have taken the personality of their head coach. They're not terrible. They're not great. They're right there in the middle. And the worst place you want to be as a team going again is in the middle the worst place you want to be as a head coach is in the middle because there's no going up. You're just there. So yeah, if you want a coach that can be able to get you a couple of wins and possibly get you to the playoffs, hey, go ahead. Mike McCarthy's your guy. Mm-hmm. He'll definitely get you there. You're not getting any farther than that. That's right. the problem.
2: That's you know the problem. that and that that's the thing, you know. This is why I have so much respect for Andy Reid. You know. And, and I I feel like he was almost the football gods blessed him with Patrick Mahomes because right. outside of Donovan McNabb, he was good, I never thought McNabb was special. Um, outside of that, he's had some eh, quarterbacks. Uh, you know, he had Michael Vick, you know, kind of he, he, he sort of revitalized his career a little bit, but he was never the same as what he was in Atlanta. Right. And he had Nick Foles there for a while. And he had some guys. He, I, I like Alex Smith. Great story. He never had special. Kept winning games year after year after year after year. Give Andy Reed Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Oh my goodness. He might he might have six or seven of those things. He we may be talking about is it Andy Reid or Bill Belichick is the greatest <laughs> coach ever? Seriously. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's that, that's how important it is. Yeah. And you, you know, you talk about with McCarthy his it, it's you talk about they they've taken on the personality as their head coach. I, I will say this, and you know, none of us here are, are, are Jason Garrett fans. But two things I will give Garrett a clear advantage over Mike McCarthy. Number one, they were undisciplined under Garrett. It was never this bad.
1: No, it was never. It this was bad. never
2: leading the league in penalties. Bad. I don't. I don't
1: think in Cal, in the last twenty years it's been this bad. I mean they weren't they weren't undisciplined under Wade Phillips. They they damn sure weren't undisciplined against Bar, uh, under Parcells. So right. uh, it's this is this is and, the worst it's been and 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 that's the thing with us as fans as as people who are, who are analysts who break down the game, it makes sense to no one how you can justify bringing a coach back when there's no discipline on this
2: football team I just but you know also uh, the last point as far as him ta- them taking on the personality of their head coach, the players never blame the officials this much under Garrett right. I mean, it was every single loss. Whether it was the Raiders' loss, whether it was the Cardinals' loss, and, and you know, after the, this this playoff game, you know, they called for 14 penalties. There was not one time that game where a penalty was called. I was like, come on, ref, what are you looking at? They every single one, it's blatant. like blatant. It's it, I mean, you know, he, he got uh, was it was it Gregory tackling uh, the offensive lineman? It's like, oh my goodness, this had nothing to do with the play. And, and then had this stupid look on his face, like he didn't do anything wrong. I'm like. You there's no there's, the guy. There's no accountability whatsoever.
1: You got mad that he blocked you and you just brought him to the ground. And then instead of instead of their head coach getting in, in, in into these players' faces, you don't have to grab them and do another, but get into your players' faces. Let them realize you can't keep doing this. You are destroying your own chances to win. You Nobody else. This team is not better than you. You guys are causing it. They don't have a head coach that can do that. He just stands there. He just stands yeah, there.
2: He does. That, that was my next point is what does he do on the sidelines? Kellen Moore calls the play. I guess Mike approves them, but Kellen calls the offensive plays. Obviously, Dan Quinn runs the defense. Bones runs the special teams. You know, if there was ever one moment in that game Sunday that I and I said this on my show that perfectly sort of represented um, you know Mike McCarthy as a head coach at least with the Cowboys it's after they beautifully run that fake punt uh right. with with Brian Anger they get the first down and it is chaos, chaos. on the sideline after nobody knows what to do. It's the special team's out there looking at the sideline what like what are we doing? Is Brian Anger gonna get a roll out or something? It's like you can't make this stuff up. Oh. It's horrible. I'm, it, it is depressing. It is. I, I again. I'll reiterate. I don't know where we go from here. I really, really, genuinely don't know where we go from here. Where I'll tell you where we're gonna go. We're gonna okay. move on to the next topic because I, <laughs> I I
0: can't I can't do this anymore.
1: We're no, gonna talk about Dak or anything? No. Listen, Dak. Dak had a bad game. Okay. Yeah. You you already know how I feel about Dak. But yeah. if you want to talk about, all right, we'll 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 go ahead and talk about it, and then we'll move on. Dak, I think Dak is, I think Dak is who he is, Bryson. I, I don't, you know, you call him special. I don't see special. I think he's good. I think he's very good. I think he's a great person, first off. I think he's a very good leader. I think he, he holds himself accountable, but he's, he's not going to be any better than what he is. And what I mean is that you look at Kirk Cousins. Right, Kirk Cousins every season, four thousand yards, twenty plus touchdowns. He'll have single digit interceptions, but no one, no one, ever calls Kirk Cousins a great quarterback. No one, because your right. eyes tell you differently. Okay, he doesn't make big throws in certain situations, and you know I I just there's just something about him that just doesn't scream elite quarterback that's the vibe that I've gotten from Dak Prescott from day one I think he's I think he's a franchise quarterback I think he's a guy that is a great leader I think he can be able to get you to the playoffs I think that he can be able to pass for 5,000 yards and maybe pass for 45 touchdowns in a season give or take if the offense is great but all of those things to me don't make him special He's just good. And the problem that I have with him is that when he makes these mistakes, I've said it already on my show about Dak. Is that as good as he is, he continuously makes these mistakes that makes you scratch your head and make you say, these are these are year two mistakes you still are making. You can't keep making these mistakes if you want to ascend and really call yourself an elite quarterback. What I saw in that game was a guy that had a very uneven game. That interception that he threw with the five-yard out, and he threw it behind him. Mm -hmm. Bad decision. Then you do the QB draw that's not your call. Cool. But then you forget to not give it to the ref. These These are little things that you have to be spot on with if everybody else around you screws up, let them do that. But don't be the quarterback to screw up. That right there is the, because you already know, it's the most important position on the field. And when things go wrong there, it's very hard to overcome that. And a lot of times in this DAC era, they've had some decent games, yes, but they like to they play from behind a lot because for whatever reason the offense starts slow, and Dak has been the quarterback since that time, and I've always seen that they start slow. I don't get it. Maybe there's something missing. I don't know, but there's something that just doesn't click, and to me, that's what doesn't make him
2: elite. That's just that's
1: just this is the way I see it, man. You know.
2: Yeah, I, I hear your points. My thing is here's what I mean by special. And and look, I'm not saying look, I'm not saying intangibles are like the only thing that matters. If that's no, the case, it's Tim it's important. Yeah. Yes. Like that if that's the case, Jay Cutler wouldn't have been in the NFL and Tim Tebow is a first bout hall of famer. You know, <laughs> tan, you know what I'm saying? Like tangibles are the most important thing. You yes. gotta be able to play. You, I think, to be a great quarter. Well, I wouldn't say great because Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, possesses the greatest intangibles. He's but, not a great leader, but but he, I think, he has no. everything else. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, here, here's my thing with Dak and why I, I refer to him as special. And you know, it, it's almost, I feel the same way about Dak, and I, I, you, heck, you may feel the same way about Dak as I feel about Derek Carr. Because the way I look at it is neither are, neither, most, most of the time, more times than not, are going to make throws or plays. You're like, yeah, I've, I've never seen a quarterback make that before. Right. You'll see Aaron make those throws. Even occasionally Brady will make a throw here and there. You're like, wow. yeah, uh, Mahomes and Josh Allen, especially Saturday, was, was phenomenal. Yeah. What I like about Dak, what I like about Derek Carr is this. When, when, when it's sort of a, a dumpster fire around them, they keep it steady. Yeah. And so, in my, th- I, I do have to push back on your thing that, you know, he, he's not getting better outside of the year two, 2017, when I thought he took a little bit of a step back, 2018 on, even his injury year last year, I feel like I've seen a steady improvement. I think the numbers show that. I think his, you know, you're reading defenses, the film shows he's gotten better year in and year out. And, you know, this year, coming off a devastating ankle injury, he did have the best year of his career. And what I also talk about as far as his value, and this is why I say, like, if you ask me, no salary cap. Do you would, would I pay Dak Prescott $40 million? And the answer to that is no, I would not. Number one, the, what's the market call for it? Number two, what are the Cowboys options when without Dak, they win a grand total of four games, all four against bad teams. The offense is sputtering, even with Andy Dalton, who's decent. And you add to it that Dak over the last few years had gotten you to the playoffs. You put them back in, you double your wins. The offense is number one in football. This is why I point back to the coaching because, yes, they start out slow. You, you can make the argument, okay, the common denominator is Dak. You can make that argument. My point is their last two head coaches are Vanilla, not a lot of energy. And let's, let's be honest, Kyle Shanahan's opening game plan was outstanding. I mean, yeah. you know, just, just ran it right down the field on the Cowboys and, and got the opening touchdown. I think your opening game plan, you know, means a lot to sort of set the tone of the game And so I I think if you don't have a head coach that can do that, he doesn't have to be rah-rah. Kyle Shannon is not a rah-rah guy. But I just look at, I mean, Jared Goff is not as good as Dak Prescott. He did start start in a Super Bowl. Right. Coaching matters.
1: Coaching matters, yeah. And so
2: what I've seen year in and year out, I've seen Dak get better. And I've, I've seen steady growth, steady improvement year in and year out. Is he Aaron Rodgers? Of course not. Is he Brady, Mahomes, Allen, you know, Russ? No. But is he in the upper echelon as far as pushing, pushing, not saying he is pushing top five? My argument is, OK, he's got the arm accuracy, leadership moves well, not great, but moves well. I don't see why not when he's taking a, 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 a roster that's fine to the playoffs year in and year out. Because I don't look at because I thought the better football team won that game on Sunday. I'm not talking about who play better. I'm talking about the better football team won that game on Sunday. And I said that coming into the game.
1: I mean, listen, I, I don't think that they're better. I don't. I don't. Why not? I just think that the game plan that Shanahan used was better. We Listen, we have an offensive coordinator, Bryson, that is scared to take shots.
2: Mm-hmm. He is. And, and, and let, me, let me say this real quick before you continue. Yeah. Dak, as far as... Guys throwing the ball down the field. He's tied with Aaron Rodgers for the fourth best completion percentage on um, throws down the field. Why, if you're if you're
1: you so going analytics, you
2: gotta take them. You, you have take to take them. them.
1: That's that's my whole point. It's that uh, you know what? Let's move on. I don't want to talk. About it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I, <laughs> you lost, you, you, I see. I don't, don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Moving on. Let's All talk right. about the game uh, that that was played on Monday night. We had the Rams and the Cardinals. Rams just destroy the Cardinals. Loved every second of it. 34 to 11. My man, Odell Beckham Jr. had the game. He, I, I think he had the performance of the night, honestly. Um, absolutely. Pro Football Focus rated him the highest rated receiver for the weekend. So, you know, it just goes to show you that you can go to another system and be utilized in your skill set. And this is why, you know, just going back to the little cowboy situation and I'll move on for good. How they, how Sean McVay uses Odell is how Dallas should be using CD Lamb. I'm just saying, when you have a special talent like that CD is special. He's not Justin Jefferson. He's not Debo Samuel. He's a different type of special. He can make guys miss. He can do some other things. You have to get the best out of your players, but, you know, going to the Rams now though. Um Stafford, I think Stafford played a very solid game. He wasn't overly impressive. He just he just did exactly what he needed to do. Defense gave him that, that's what he took. Um the rushing attack was pretty good. Listen, Cam Akers, you know, he didn't rush for 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 average, you know, it, it was 3.2 yards a carry, but for a guy that's coming off an Achilles injury, I, He's I, a really good player. I don't know what to say. I, I've never seen a guy come back this quick off an Achilles, and be that. A, he, he had explosiveness, man. Yeah, like so. You know, I think the Rams right now. Um, you know, they were they were one of my favorites to start the year. Uh, you know, you know, I, I'm a big Stafford guy. I think the Rams are for real. I think the Rams might possibly beat the Bucks. And I can see the Rams getting to the Super Bowl. And on the flip side of that, you know, this Cliff Kingsbury guy, you know, when are people going to start talking about Cliff Kingsbury the same way they talk about, I don't know, what's the guy that I used to mention the last time we talked about Cliff Oh, yeah. Mike D'Antoni. That's D'Antoni. who he is. That's who he is. And Kyler Murray, not for nothing, eh? He's he's a little eh for me, you know. I, I don't I don't see the spectacular, you know. Everybody's so up in arms about Kyla. I don't see it. I don't see it. I saw two teams that were not even on the same street. Honestly, seriously. No.
2: Well, a lot of that, and, and I'm not trying to like you know sort of divert blame from kyler I mean, kyler yeah. played horribly um i mean that that end zone interception I, I don't know what he was doing listen like like i mean i was i watched the manning cast anytime they're on yeah, yeah and yeah. like like Peyton was saying like just take the sack of the end zone yeah it sucks to get a safety you can't just fling it up if, uh, for grabs right where there's like three defensive backs in the area what what's what's better two or seven Simple math, man. It is simple math. I, I guess. Just, may, I guess Oklahoma. Maybe. Maybe they don't. Teach, maybe they will teach simple math. I don't know what it is. I don't but, know, man. But you know, you know, as far as Arizona, I'll go to Arizona and then to the Rams. As far as Arizona, and I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I was trying to pull them up. But Cliff Kingsbury, going back to his days at Texas Tech, I believe he was his first year there. I'm, please correct me if I'm wrong, Red Raiders fans. I think he was there in 2012, and then obviously, you know, he coached there and then gets hired by Arizona. Yeah. Every single time at the end of the season, they, they go on these losing. They collapse. Every, again, the man had Patrick Mahomes in college. And couldn't win. Couldn't win. I mean, did did they win more than six, seven games a year? In a passing offense. Oh, yeah. I mean, remember that Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield game where Mahomes yeah. threw for like 700 yards or right. something crazy? He yeah. can't win with that guy. So, and I think Kyler's a special talent. I think... As as far as and it's almost sort of the Mike McCarthy weird thing, like since Kyler got there, they've they've improved their wins every year from 2019 to now. But you cannot start undefeated. You cannot start 10 and two, blow a lead in the division and get smoked by your division rival. You I that agree. cannot happen. I agree. Um as for the Rams, um, I, I gotta say this, I still think it's Odell's fault in Cleveland. Um <laughs> you, you know, it's <laughs> I'm obviously joking, guys. I love Odell. But you know, here here's the thing, and I'll say this about Stafford. You know, like like you mentioned, he did his job. He did his job. He he didn't didn't mess with with, with what was working for Sean McVay and the Rams. Uh, I agree with you. Cam Akers coming off, you know, six months removed from Achilles injury. Although I, I did hear there is this sort of new surgery technique that a lot of surgeons are using to you know help treat the Achilles, which is which great. Is, hopefully. Which is which is wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, treat these these injuries quicker. It's giving,
1: it's giving guys giving guys a second second chance on 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 salvaging their careers, man.
2: Hundred percent, and I think, especially after the way he finished last season, I think Cam Akers is going to be a force oh, yeah. in this league. I think he's big time. Uh, you got the offensive line playing well, and that's what's scary about the Rams. This is, you know, I picked the Bucks to to win the whole thing. This is what scares me this weekend is really the weakness of Tampa's defense is their secondary. Right. Well, you can double Cooper Cup. That's exactly what the Cardinals did, and and he was fine. You what don't are you going to do s- about Odell and Van you, Jefferson? You don't want to single cover those guys. You don't. You don't. I mean, Odell can run every route in the route tree. We know he, he does outside of Cleveland. He doesn't drop passes. No. And so as long as, you know, it's kind of does Matthew Stafford screw this thing up? Because Tampa Bay, last I checked, is a little better than Arizona. Yeah. And so you're, you're going on the road in a hostile environment. That's, you know, Matt, Matthew Stafford is the only, only reason I have cause for pause for the Rams next week. Um, but as for the win over Arizona, clearly the better team won that game. I picked the Cardinals to win idiotically because I thought, look, the Rams <laughs> got more pressure in this game. Arizona's got nothing to lose. And you could tell they were playing like they had nothing to lose. Right. Um, because it was it was it was it was a total embarrassment. It was the worst performance of any team this weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, now what do you think their future is? Do you think that do you think that their future is a little brighter than Dallas?
2: I mean, it depends on how you look at it because I, I think. Arizona and and, and Steve Kime, I think they're more. I, I think they're more honest about their head coach uh, than, than maybe the, the Jones family would be about Mike McCarthy because they'd say, "Hey, look, we added DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe he was the key that unlocked this offense. Because look, he gets hurt, and this offense just totally went defunct." That's true. You know, James Connor was a revelation. Uh, the defense, when, when JJ Watt was healthy, was a force. Right. You have Buda Baker, who, in my opinion, is the best safety in football. Um, right. and, and and thank God that he's okay after that scary hit last night. You got Chandler Jones, who's one of the better pass rushers. I think they've got the pieces. I just do not think they have the head coach. I think that's the missing piece for them. They've got the playmakers. I do think they've got the quarterback if he can stay healthy. Uh, and I do I question his his leadership intangibles a little bit. His body language is horrible sometimes. Awful, it, terrible. Uh, the O line can get better, but I feel like as far as the the roster, I think they're going in the right direction. Um, I, I think if you institute a, a new head coach. You know, let's say I, they're not going to fire Cliff Kingsbury, but let's. How about a Brian Dable? I love Brian Dable. Yeah, I love Brian Dable. You insert him in there, maybe you're a content, or a legit serious contender at that point.
1: Okay, okay. I mean, listen, I always gotta ask because I just think that everybody's situation is better than Dallas. <laughs>
2: It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's it's dark days, dark days at the start. Oh God! I just, I, Sorry, guys, we're making everything about the Cowboys. It's it's hard to not think about
1: Dallas right now. It really is. I know, I know all my boys that they, they're loving this episode because of the pain. They can hear the pain, hear it. They mm-hmm. can hear it. So I'm not even gonna cover the uh the Chiefs and Steelers game because it, there's no point. Uh, everybody who knew. Even Ben Roethlisberger knew, he admitted it. So you know, shouts to them. Shouts to Ben for his 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 great career. Um, but the game that really impressed me, honestly, um, I want to say the Bengals, man. Yeah, I was really impressed with the Bengals. I think the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow right now. I mean, I knew that he was good. You know, me and Guido used to, you know, we used to argue about this back and forth. Like, you know, he's a big burrow guy. And I'm like, ah, you know, uh, I don't know. You got all those weapons in LSU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: know? I was with you, Barry. I was on the same train. Yeah,
1: and I was like, listen, I think Herbert's better. I think her- I've been, I was saying that from day one. I think Herbert's better. I think Herbert just has the he just looks like the prototypical quarterback to me. He's a hybrid. He just looks like if you want you, that's how a quarterback's supposed to look. Big arm, you know, athletic. He has all the tools, right? But man, anytime I watch Joe Burrow, I just like, I just like this kid. I like his confidence. I like his leadership qualities. I like his toughness. Everything about him just screams franchise. And he's showing it, like, to have this team win a playoff game for the first time in 31 years, the Bengals we're talking about. Just think about that. We're talking about the Bengals here. Not talking about the Patriots, not talking about the Bengals. This is big time. And however far they go depends on him. Listen, I don't put it past them to win another game because he's so good. That's the that's the thing like you expect. I now expect him. To defy the odds. Right. Because he's so good. What are your thoughts on?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, again, back to my original point, I I was sort of on that same train. I was probably a little further along than you were as far as I, I was not huge, huge on him coming out of LSU. I remember. Yep. And, and but boy was I wrong. I and mean, th- this guy, it, it's it just goes to show you. And I I, I know be, may, people may get tired of me being this drum, but I'll keep beating it because it's true. When you get a true blue franchise quarterback in the building, I don't care if you're you know a, a great organization like the Steelers or a, a an inherently dysfunctional one like the Bengals, it changes everything. 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 You bring a guy in here who, like you said, you, you hit on all the points. He, he's, he's got a moxie about him. He, he brings confidence to the locker room. He gives everybody in there. I mean, look, if you'd have told me coming into the season, not only are the Bengals going to win one of the toughest divisions in football, right. but they're going to be in a game at the number one seed in the divisional round, only three-and-a-half-point dogs? That's Joe Burrow, Now, that's, that's not to take any credit away from Jamar Chase or T. Higgins or Joe Mixon. They've got some playmakers in the offensive side of the ball. But when you consider the fact that he's behind a bad offensive line, that, that offensive line has not improved from a year ago. Thank God Burrow hasn't gotten hurt. Um, they cannot let him become the next Andrew Luck. They need to build that line around him and, and, yes. and you know, keep him safe and, and you know, help him contend for the next 15 years. But when you get a guy who gives everybody in that locker room confidence, we can win any game that we play. How long has it been since Cincinnati's had that? Because listen, they never had it with Andy Dalton. Andy was fine. I mean, the they last never time they had it was was Boomer. Honestly. Boomer, yeah, yeah, you know, Boomer getting him a Super Bowl. That was. It, it, I'm telling you, man, it is a different feel around the franchise when we know we can win any game we play as long as as number is back there. He is he's phenomenal. I love watching him play. He moves around great, big arm, accurate. Um, I I, I can't wait to watch this game against Tennessee on Sunday. I'm favoring oh. the Titans, but. Man, I wouldn't put it past Burrow. Wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I think I think I'm going Burrow. I'm
1: not gonna lie. I, I think I, I do I, I, I am going Burrow because the thing is, you know, Tannehill. Tannehill is gonna he, he's gonna give you a bad one. He, he'll he'll make some great throws, but he's gonna give you a couple bad ones. Mm-hmm. And those couple bad ones, if the Bengals can be able to get their hands on it, then you know the momentum could kind of swing uh, could kind of swing in their in their favor. So, you know, I am. I'm a, I'm a Burrow fan. I, I, listen, I, I love Herbert. I love Burrow. I think both of them are great. They're not as good as Mac Jones, but uh, you know, they're um, they're, they're up there. They're definitely up there. Now let's talk about the games for this weekend, right? I want to know who you got. I want to know, you know, we already talked about the Bengals and Titans, but um, you know, 49ers Packers, who you got,
2: I have said for a month, I don't care who the Packers play; they'll be a Duke and Kentucky freshman. They'll be out in the first round. Wow! Their first game they play, and here is why. And, and I've never been more confident because of the matchup. I said the back the Packers' biggest two weaknesses are special teams, which has been fairly obvious throughout the course of the season, and they can't stop the run. They're third to last in the league in in, in yards per per uh, per run given up. Right. You got to go against Kyle Shanahan's running game.
1: You got to go against Debo and Elijah Mitchell.
2: Yep. Elijah Mitchell, who was the second best rookie back in the league to Najee Harris. Like you said, Debo Samuels, the video game NFL player, you could put him anywhere. And so uh, keep in mind, you know, a little bit of history here Aaron Rodgers is 0 3 against the 49ers in his career in the postseason. And the games haven't been that close. The one game was the one where the, the Niners and Kaepernick won yes, a Lambeau yes, field. Yes. I think they wanted a field goal. Yeah. But outside that, like you said, the, the first one uh, where Cap ran for like 200 yards or something crazy, and then this one a couple of years ago where the game was over at halftime. Yeah. Keep in mind, San Francisco in, I believe it was week three when, when these two teams played. San Francisco at that point was not as good as they are now. They've really sort of caught fire now. Got it feels healthy. A lot, yeah. It feels a lot like that 2019 team. Yep. And it took a game-winning drive by Aaron Rodgers to beat this team. And so you add to the fact now the only concern I have is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, I mean, I, that whole time I was watching that game on Sunday against the Cowboys, uh, I was sitting in there with, with why, my sister. Why, and why must you bring this? I, I'm, I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm just serious. I'm just saying, <laughs> talking about San Francisco. Uh, she's sitting there. She's trolling me. She's a Packers fan, by the way. Yeah. And I'm saying, Jimmy G's going to make a throw that gets us back in this game. And sure enough, he throws it right to Anthony Brown. And the whole game changes. Yeah. That's the only thing I worry about on Saturday night for the 49ers. But it's a little bit like the Tennessee Titans, what I said on my show a couple weeks ago. But I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be watching this game with the rest of us. He's not going to be on the field much. Remember, the 49ers in a game against the Rams this year had a, an 11-minute possession. Right. If they can do that in the Rams with Aaron Donald and, and, and those guys, you tell me they can't do that with the Packers. By the way, Jair Alexander, of the best courts in football, he may not play, according to Matt LaFleur. So I think all the signs are pointing to a 49ers upset, in my Man. opinion. That, listen,
1: I'm with you, but I'm not with you. I I can't go against Aaron Rodgers.
2: I can't do it. Oh, I, I can't in the regular it. season in can't the playoffs. Do. He's he's James Harden in the playoffs. Uh, hey,
1: ahead. hey, hey, don't don't do that to Aaron, man. He he got
2: one Super Bowl. James Harden ain't got no ring, man. He, as he, I said got... he's James, he's he's James Harden with the ring. <laughs> I mean, he is. That's what he is in the playoffs. Oh man,
1: as much as I want to argue with you, I can't. I can't. Aaron Ron is very You're done apt. messed up, hey Aaron. He's very average in the playoffs, but I, I do believe Packers going to win this game. Packers will win. Okay. Bucks and Rams. Hmm. As much as I want to root against Tom Brady, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it now again. This is gonna be probably my last time I'm rooting against the Bucks. I got the Rams winning. My man, Matthew Stafford, 350, three touchdowns, no interceptions they get to the NFC title game. He's throwing a pick. You, no, you, you're
2: crazy. No, he's oh, not. Oh, my goodness. He's been, he's, that's all he's done over the last would, month. Would you like to make another wager then? Would you like to make another wager? Okay, what are we betting? I don't know. I don't know. We'll come up, you know, we'll come up with it this week, and, and maybe we can let the public in on it uh, yeah, at some point. Well, well, we, can, well. we can make it. A- Staff are throwing a pick. No, he's it, not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to bet the game and who wins. <laughs> but, okay, I, I got three words in response to you. Famous last words. I'm telling you, I made made like I promised to myself after that uh, that 28-3 comeback five years. I can't believe it's been that long. Five years ago, I said, never as long as he is putting on a, a football uniform and a helmet will I bet against the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not necessarily saying I'll pick him to win the Super Bowl every year, although I did this year and last year. But I'm telling you, I think the Rams have a, Ever so slightly better roster than Tampa. Tampa's is legit. The problem is they're beat up. Yeah, that's Barry. that's Tampa's biggest problems. They're they're falling apart physically. Right. They may be getting some guys back this week. Fournette and Levante David, huge for them. And that that's a big reason they won last year is because they could run the football right. with with Fournette and at times Rojo. So the Rams, in that regard, do give me cause to pause. But we're we're talking about who do I trust more, Stafford or Brady? Barry, it's not even close. um I mean, good, listen, good for Stafford. He got the monkey off his back uh, on Monday night, you know, winning his first playoff game. Yeah, baby. But, yeah, exactly. But if it comes down to the last five minutes of this game, do or die, winner goes to the NFC Championship game. Tom Brady's been here a million times. This, That's, is, it, this it, is light work. It doesn't, It nothing rattles Tom Brady at no. this point in his career. Nothing. So, of course, I'm, I'm going to say Tampa Bay by a field goal.
1: Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I, I listen, I like it. I, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't really. Can't argue that. Can't argue that. I'm just going Rams because I just, I love Stafford. You're in love with
2: your boy Stafford. I I love him. I'm I'm fine with you liking Stafford more than I am Mac Jones. At least I've seen special throws from from Matt Stafford. Mac Jones made some good throws. Yeah, when he was down like 40. Yeah, it doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter. Mac Jones will be back. He'll be back. I'm terrified. Go ahead. Bills and Chiefs. We get a rematch. Early, but we
2: get a rematch. What you got? Give me the Buffalo Bills.
0: Oh, gosh.
2: Here's – well, first of all, I, part of it is I picked them to go to the Super Bowl uh, before the season started and play you know, Tampa.
1: You know what, man? It's it's not far-fetched. No. If if they play the way they did
2: against the England Ain't nobody beating them. Who's beating them? Well, here's the thing. They're not going to play that well. No. Um, I mean, that, that, that was, they literally played and they literally played a perfect offensive game. They didn't punt and and they didn't turn the ball over.
1: And they're an arrowhead too.
2: They're an arrowhead that, that obviously adds another component to it. Yeah. But here's what I'm saying about Buffalo. It's very much like Georgia and Alabama. Georgia constructed their entire roster to be Alabama. I think it's the same with the bills. Kansas City's secondary is hit and miss. You know, yeah. they got some injuries there. They, they got some guys, you know, Ward's a good corner. Just throw but, it Sorensen. You'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Sor- gosh, Sorensen's terrible. But <laughs> you got Stefan Diggs, who's a top five receiver. You know, Cole Beasley, you know, two-time dummy of the week uh, champion. Oh, yes. He, he's crazy. Great slot receiver. Dawson Knox is an excellent red zone target, Uh, you know, down there. You obviously got, you know, Devin Singletary, who's just come out of nowhere in the last month. That's the thing that, that, would scare me if I'm Kansas city is Buffalo is just running down people's throats right now. Right. And that was their weakness for the last couple of years is they yes. could not run the could football. Run well, now they can my only concern and I love him. He's one of my favorite players, but my only concern is Josh Allen is week to week. You don't know what you're getting. You could, he could have a week like last week where he's got a QBR of 98 and a pass rating nearly perfect. And he could have a game say like a month ago against Atlanta. Who's, who's got a horrible defense where he has a QBR of 11. Right. So if he is, you know, consistent, uses his legs, you know, distributes the ball to the right guys, I got Buffalo. I, I really do. I, again, I think they present, like San Francisco to Green Bay, matchup nightmares yeah. for Kansas City. And there's something, and it's, it sounds so wrong and so weird. I said this on my show yesterday. They scored 42 in Pittsburgh. Something does not seem right about Kansas City something like there's just a feeling around the team that does not feel the same as the last couple of years. They, I don't they, know what it is, they, but correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't, there's something, something's wrong about no, this. No,
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. I think, I think what's, what the problem is with the chiefs is that people have figured them out. Like they figure them out in regards to, we want to see how you win games without the big play. Okay. Like because if you see how they guard Tyreek Hill now, they have a safety over the top all the time. So they've turned Tyreek Hill into a guy that well he's Jalen Waddle now. He's uh he's um he's, he's a smaller he's Cole,
2: Michael Thomas. He's
1: smaller Michael Thomas. He's Cole Beasley. He's an underneath guy that's gonna get you a lead. He can catch nine, ten, eleven passes. He's not going to He's not gonna kill you for a lot of yards, 80 yards, 90 yards, maybe 100. So it's, so that's a formula that every defense, every team is using against the Chiefs now. The, if it's not Tyreek Hill, we don't trust anybody else to burn us. Pringle, okay, he may be able to get back there, but he's not a great route runner. He doesn't – it's not going to happen. Nicole Hardman has been a disappointment in his career. I, like, I think people have expected more out of him. The, to be the number two guy, but he hasn't, he hasn't matched up to that particular expectation. So if you can be able to contain Hill underneath and then just kind of put two bodies on, on, on Kelsey, which they've done a good job with and Kansas city can't really run the football effectively. You're going to be in a lot of games and you're going to look at the score like, well, damn, we would have thought we'd be down by, you know, three scores. We're only down a score or two. We have a chance. It's, the, it's so I'm with you. It, it, there's there's a there's a there's that big play ability that's gone from this team this year. And for for Andy Reid, they're gonna have to go back to the drawing board next season and really start to figure this out because the league has a blueprint. They've given it to every coach, every defensive coordinator in the league, and say, "Hey, use this against the Chiefs." Because I think universally and this is I I don't know if everybody feels this way I think universally people like to stick it to Kansas City because they're so arrogant and I think because they're so arrogant every defensive coordinator may call the next one and say you guys I heard you guys got the Chiefs this week here sending you this uh particular playbook to use just um you know stick it to them for me Cause I, you know, they've, they've rubbed a lot of people the wrong way over the last few years in regards to how, you know, that just the, what they've said. And I think it matters. I, I think you see how they've been played this year and it, 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 it shows it shows
2: there. You know, they, they remind me almost of a functional Philadelphia yeah. in a way, because remember Philadelphia after that Super Bowl, they wouldn't stop talking. Right. Um, and, you know, for Kansas City, that, that's a good point you bring up because I remember talking about this on my show a year and a half ago when they did beat San Francisco. You had guys, I think it was like Chris Jones going the, the old LeBron, oh Heatles quote, not one, yeah, not two, not three. Just... And, and, you know, t- calling themselves a dynasty, I'm like, I'm not saying you're not great. To me, I've, I've always classified dynasty, win three championships in like five, six years. Yeah, exactly. Or be, and you could say it's about Kansas City, but they only got one title. Like the Spurs, for example, they never won back-to-back always be in the picture Yeah, get to the you know get and, to there and, their...
1: and it can't be five years it has to be 10 plus
2: yeah yeah you know? it, it does and um you know t- to me the perfect game plan you said you know that they, they you know Put a safety on the top to, to stop the big plays with Tyreek. You know that's really what the New England Patriots did when they beat them in that AFC Championship game. You know a few years ago, when when uh, you know Tom and, and Edelman and company just shredded that defense. That's what they did. I mean Kansas City didn't really get anything going offensively until right. the fourth quarter. So hold them at bay for a while. You know limit the guys like like Kelsey because I mean that's that's the mistake the Chargers made. They took Tyree Kill away, but Kelsey went for almost 200 yards. So if you you, you know Mahomes is a smart quarterback he's going to say, okay, I'm going to take what the defense gives me. And so maybe that's the weakness for Kansas City is they're not a methodical offense. Maybe right. that's sort of the next gear that they need to reach. And,
1: and, and I think the reason why is because I think Andy Reid kind of shot himself in the foot, uh, per, you know, so to speak, in regards to the draft. I think that they thought that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was that guy. He's not that guy. Nah. Uh, they need they, – he can be there as like a change of pace back but he's not a between need, the tackles guy. Yeah, they need themselves a bruiser between the tackles type of guy. Like, and if they get that, the offense will start to open up. That play action pass will start to open up. Then Tyreek Hill can be able to get open. But if people don't trust the running game and they don't care about play action, it's like okay, give it to the running back. We he's going to get three yards and that's it. We can be able to contain him. There's no there's no threat of a play action for uh, you know uh, with the Chiefs right now and that's the problem is that they they're a little one dimensional they're a little yeah. one dimensional so when you go against good teams they get exposed so you know we we'll, we'll see man i think i think buffalo definitely does have a chance if i if i'm going to say who wins or who doesn't um i love mahomes but i i i, I do agree with you i think even though really? they're at they're at arrowhead i think buffalo the way they're playing right now I think that they slightly edge the Chiefs. I think like 27-24 arrowhead. They 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 pull it out on the road.
2: Okay, sure. I got you. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'll say by a touchdown.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now we're gonna shift gears. We're going shift gears to the NBA. Um there's been some talks today about my Los Angeles Lakers that Frank Vogel is on the hot seat. He's been told, and I think this was, excuse me, at the start of the season, that if they struggle over X amount of period, they're going to, the whole staff is gone. That's what they were told by management. So he's literally on a game-to-game evaluation. What are your thoughts on that particular strategy and if they do fire Frank Vogel, where do they go from there in regards to who takes over?
2: Let's talk about their strategy first. First of all, excuse me. First of all, I think it's a dumb strategy. Um, I, listen, I, I'm not somebody who's been like a Frank Vogel, you know, defender. I don't think he's a great coach. Um, I've, I've always said, remember, we talked about this last year in the playoffs. His, his real bugaboo has been organizing rotations. Right. Um, but my, my thing with Frank Vogel is nobody's talking about, oh, Frank Vogel's the problem until number zero walks in. Now he's the problem. And so, I mean, listen, I I know you were talking about on social media. How about Mark Jackson? Look, I as a Warriors fan, I've been saying, you know, for, for years, why is Mark Jackson not getting, you know, a shot? I think he absolutely deserves another chance in the NBA. Um, but no, I do not think Vogel's the problem. Uh, I, I don't think if you look at the Lakers roster I told you from the beginning of the season it's an old roster with a point guard that is not a winning player that's the right. issue with the Lakers and obviously your second best player is uh uh you know as I call him AD always down and so that that's the issue with the Lakers at some point there's got to be at least a little bit of accountability with the players like I don't think this is a coach problem I think this is a player's problem
1: I mean that's a fair point the, I, I I will say this is that I don't agree with Stephen A. Smith much you know he's 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 one of my idols, um, but he was spot on with this assessment. He said that when you are a coach or you have a skill set and people hire you for that skill set and you no longer provide that skill set, there's grounds to replace that particular person. Frank Vogel is a defensive coach. Frank Vogel got hired to be a defensive coach. Frank Vogel is a defensive coach. He led the Lakers in defensive efficiency. You know, they, they, were, they were top five the last few years. You know, they were number one last year. Yep. They are now middle of the package, 17th or something like that. That right there is showing you that. Of course, you can talk about personnel. You can talk about injuries. You can talk about all of these things, you know, p- players that don't fit. But once you can, if you can't do what we hired you to do, that gives the organization the out, right? So even yeah. if it's unfair, even though he's not to necessarily blame for all of it, that's the organization's out. Because let's think about it. Frank Vogel won a championship, right? Normally, when a coach wins a championship, they get a four-year extension. Frank Vogel got a one-year extension. They never believed in Frank Vogel. The reason why is because when they hired Frank Vogel, he was not their first choice. They wanted Monty Williams. Monty Williams went to Phoenix. They wanted Ty Lu, but they wanted Ty Lu on a short deal. Ty Lu wouldn't do that. So then they turned to Frank Vogel, who was willing to accept the two-year contract. That's, yeah. why they, that's why they went to Frank and told Frank, we're going to hire your assistant coaches. You're not going to be able to hire your own staff. Okay, I'm fine with that. So he took the job having two hands tied behind his back. He won a championship, and it still hasn't changed their mind about him. So they're just waiting to fire him. You know, I, I'm not one of those people that advocate. Well, sometimes, you know, I, I can't even lie. But <laughs> but in this sense, I think they're, they're in the right. I think that Frank Vogel, even if it's not his fault, there's a time where your voice gets phased out of a locker room. And it's possibly that time because this is a roster, Bryson. It's an older roster. Older players, they don't. They, I think, there's different things that motivate older players. They already been yeah. through it. They've been to training camps, to hundreds of them. They know that it's all about playoffs. They have to rest their bodies for playoffs. It's not a big deal to struggle or have a low period in the regular season. Well, the Lakers are in a situation where if they don't play well, they might not be a postseason for them. Right. They need a head yeah. coach that can be able to stand there in front of every single one of those veterans, Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, all of them and say, you guys need to get your heads out of your, you know what, you know what I'm saying? Get your heads yeah. out of your asses and you need to play. You need to prove to everybody that you guys can still play at a high level and not just come in the room and say, Do you see my Hall of Fame resume? You guys are not supposed to just lay down tonight. No team is laying down against the Lakers because they don't fear the Lakers. They don't fear the resume. They don't care about what's on the back of your, your basketball card. They don't care what your 2k rating is. They don't care what, like, you know, when you click the the profile page on 2k, you can see all the awards and stuff like cares about that like cares about that. That's what they need. They need a coach that's going to kick them in the ass and they don't (laughs) have that. They don't have that. No, you're right. So so that's one of the reasons why I say that Frank Vogel, you know, it, it may be time for him to go, because if you can't motivate these guys,
2: what's the point? What's the point? You're just there. You're just there. But I would ask you this question. Also, the driving force, the organization, the driving force, the only reason the Lakers, let's be real are even relevant this year is LeBron James. Yeah. Since – let's let's talk about his legit championship contending year starting in Miami. <clears throat> yes. When at any point in LeBron's career has he had a, a guy who, you know, is, is going to kind of get in people's business? You know, I, I think you – in know, you know, what, what's Lue. his name? That's it. Ty Lue kind of, but I, I think LeBron and, and, and Ty Lue had a certain amount of mutual respect for one another.
1: Well, well the, the reason why I say that is because Ty Lue, because they had that mutual respect, Ty Lue was able to get into his face because there was a lot of times that that Ty Lue called him out on the sideline, him not playing defense, him not running back on defense. And the other players saw that and they were like, well, if Ty Lue can be able to do that to LeBron, he's going to chew us out. There's never been a coach other than Ty Lue that has done that to LeBron James. So that's, that's why yeah. I say that they need another Ty Lue. I got you. Yeah. I feel like, you know, Spolstra, Spoelstra was a good coach. I, I like Spoelstra a lot. Yeah, Spoelstra is really, really, really knowledgeable, really smart. But he's, he's a lot like Frank Vogel. You know, his, his rotations are very questionable. They were very questionable in those Miami years. Um, you know, he's very low-key, very, you know, uh, cool and calm. And that, that works when your team is winning. But when your team is losing and they need a spark and they need a kick in the ass, that's not the guy to give it to you. So, you know, that's the problem is that this Laker team, you know, we keep hearing the same thing out of them. Oh, you know, we got to play harder. We got to like if you got to if you have to force yourselves to play hard for to just to play basketball in a professional basketball team, it's a problem. And if a coach can't get you to play hard, then they need somebody else that can be able to tell them that. So, you know, it's it's up to the players to be better, absolutely. It's up to the players to be more efficient. It's up to the players to hit shots, but it's also up to the coach to be able to get those players ready and prepared and hold them accountable and have your players walking on eggshells a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. Say, okay, you guys think that you're good? If you go out there and give me half ass effort again, I don't care what your contract looks like. I don't care how much money you're getting. I'm going to bench you, and I'm going to let management force me out. But I'm not going to ruin and sully my reputation for you guys. If you don't want to play hard, then, then I got to do what I got to do. That's what a coach needs to do. If you don't, don't want to do what you want to do, that's fine. They may not trade you. They may fire me. But guess what's going to happen before they fire me? I'm going to make sure that I get players on that court that are going to want to play hard. Period. Period.
2: Lakers are you listening because you could actually you could kind of use this a little bit I'm not gonna lie you yeah. you, you could you, you, uh, listen you need to fly to LA to, to, to the crypto.com arena and I don't know speak to the team or something because <laughs> or speak to Vogel I don't know speak to Jeannie bus because that's you know I you know what, I I think I agree with you because at the end of the day you know we talked about the, with this with 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 the team in in North Texas you you there does need to be a certain amount of accountability mm-hmm. and you know, is there that in the Lakers? And that's 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 sort of what I worry about as well, is not just the pieces don't fit on the court, but the, you got some big egos in that locker room. Yes. And listen, every professional athlete, every human, especially us guys, everybody's got an ego. Right. But when you have guys that are in the later stages, stages of their career that are not going to play defense. Right. It, maybe it's just not a good fit. Not not to say Vogel's a bad fit for the Lakers, but maybe he's a bad fit for this roster. Exactly. exactly. Maybe that's the issue. Exactly. So I I, th- I think you bring up some good points.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I just want to put this out there. I got I, I I owe Russell Westbrook an apology. What what? Yeah. For what? I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook. I'm sorry. I want to apologize for saying that. You know you're not that good of a player anymore. You're not efficient. You know, all of those things possibly could be true. But I can't say that today. You know why, Bryson? I can't say that today. Because he did something for me last night that gives him like a five or six, maybe even a 10-game pass. Yeah, I'm saying it right now. I may not criticize Russell Westbrook for 10 games because of what he did for me last night. What he did for me as a Laker fan, what he did for me as a basketball enthusiast, what he did for me as somebody who analyzes the game, Bryson, was he dunked on Rudy Gobert. And I'm telling you, it made my soul sing. I, I was I was singing pray. I was like, I'm cheering for Russell Westbrook.
2: Who would have thought? Oh yeah. I, I I I was watching that on, on, on uh House of Highlights and IG uh this morning. And I was thinking <laughs> I get just see this in real time. Uh like Barry, Barry sitting watch that game, Russ dunks on him, and as as that ball goes through I can just see you go, yeah, like pumping your fist <laughs> I, I, and, and going crazy watching the game. And he I was junk afterwards too. He talked to listen, let me let me tell you what what how,
1: how I felt. I'm watching the game and I see yeah. Russ turn the corner. And he takes off. I'm like, oh my goodness, he's going to front rim this, right? Or, you know, it was either he was going to front rim it or Rudy Gobert is going to put two hands on this basketball and throw it to half court. And then it goes in. I'm like, I love this guy. I, <laughs> I, I felt the love for the first time for Russell Westbrook. So, Russell Westbrook, I'm saying it right now. Thank you. Thank you. I apologize you get – I'm not saying 10. I th- I think I'm going to walk the 10 back. That's a lot. That's a lot. You will get a two game pass from me. I don't care how you play tonight. Okay. You play the game after two games. I'm not going to say anything bad about Russell Westbrook because what you did, you put Rudy Gobert on a poster and God bless you. All <laughs> right. The foot that the, the <laughs> basketball gods bless you because it made me feel that much better about myself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Russell Westbrook.
2: Wow. Ah, Something I never thought of here before. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I had to get it out of there. I had to get it. That, out so, so basically, you know, you're you're you, you're messed up, man. Your hate for Rudy Gobert is stronger than your than your objectivity for Russell Westbrook.
1: I'm a sick man, Bryson. I'm a sick man. Yep, there's sure there's certain there's certain things that get me going, and that <laughs> right there, I can forgive Russell Westbrook for a lot of things. If you continuously dunk on Rudy Gobert, that's what that, that's what it takes. You know, you can have a, yeah, go ahead, turn the ball over tonight for 12 times. That's fine. It's yeah, fine. You know, we can lose the game by 45. Yeah, all right. You gave me by 45. Listen, if it happens, it happens. He don't throw Rudy Gobert.
2: Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not a you know Rudy Gobert fan myself. I mean, I, I think he's a fraudulent defensive player of the year, but. Yes, he is. He's, he's I- stolen. He stole
1: a lot of defensive player of the years from a lot of people. Anthony Davis twice.
2: Twice, yeah. Ad definitely should have won in 2018. I remember I'm mad I wasn't really won that that year, but uh I, I think you know there's if he stays healthy, there's a guy from the Bay Area who's gonna take that award this year.
1: I, I think I think you're right about that, man. I, and let's let's talk about those Golden State Wars, shall we? Um, yeah. I, do they play tonight?
2: They're playing they as we speak right now against the let's Detroit score. Pistons. Uh, we're up 31-17 right now, so okay, and it's Detroit. So you know, you just it's kind of a take care of business game.
1: Okay, yeah. So you know, listen, they they're. They're playing well. They have some injuries. Draymond, Draymond being out is a big big blow to them. But listen, they you know, I said that they will they were going to go into some type of low period this season. Doesn't right. really mean much Um, uh, whether they finish 1, 2 or 3. I think they're I think they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Um you know, they that, they
2: That's all Wait, wait, That's all you're giving us is just tough out. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. But usually tough out we reserve for like your 5 or 6 seeds that kind of Sneak in there. You're like, you don't want to play them.
1: Look, 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 look. Just because you guys got off to a hot start, and Clay's back, and Draymond maybe the defensive player of the year. Listen, I still don't believe you guys are the best team in the league. I just don't.
2: Oh, I'll give it to Phoenix. I'm, I'm not Maddie.
1: I don't, I don't even give, care I'll even about give Phoenix. I don't even care about Phoenix. You know how I feel about Phoenix. They can, they can go seventy-seven and five which they 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 won't because they already have 9 that's losses. Impossible. But you know, they can go they can have the best record in the league. Black Cat Paul will not let me down. So yeah, that's fine. It's fine. I know what's coming. I understand it. I understand it. Golden State I think Golden State is going to get to the Western Conference finals. I do believe so. Do we they Okay. Win? I don't know. It depends on the matchup. You know, matchups really matter. They do matter. So we'll see what happens. I do believe, you know, if they finish with a two seed, they're going to have a, an easier road to the finals than the actual one seed will have. So,
2: you know, because, well, they they may get Memphis though in that case. And I'm telling you, Memphis, I, I told I told you for the season. Memphis, I, I saw, I liked Memphis a lot. Yeah, Memphis, I didn't like them this much, but I liked him a lot. Yeah, uh, John Morant is man. He that kid's different.
1: He's special. He's special. You know. You know. You know. I love that guy. I've been telling people yeah. from day one that he's generational, and Zion isn't. So you know, and he's proving that um, every time he steps on the court, and Zion is at home eating Frito Lay chips while he gets fatter. <laughs> so. Um, you know, now I want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets because I thought that I was biased a little bit in regards to how I feel about Kyrie Irving. And I, I've I've come out and said that, you know, Brooklyn, they've kind of bent over backwards for Kyrie. And there's no way that you can be able to return from that. Um, there's no discipline that you can put on Kyrie Irving now. There's nothing that you can be able to do to him. He can... He can take three weeks off if he wants to, and you guys will be at his beck and call because you've bent over backwards for him. I thought that I was biased. Stephen A. Smith
2: makes me
1: look like, I don't even know what, Bryson. What, What is
2: going on there? Well, uh, and listen, you know, thank God Stephen A. Smith's doing well health wise. He had a yes. really scary bout with COVID, so you know, shout, thank shout God to he,
1: Stephen A. Smith, thank,
2: and, you know, welcome back. Absolutely, uh, making fun of cowboy fans, of course. Uh, yes, in, in his yes. yeah, of course. But yeah, he should have stayed out a, a, another day or two. Yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah I, I agree. With you. I've never seen a player, or I'm sorry, a media member speak out so harshly against the player that Stephen A. has spoken against Kyrie, except for like Skip with LeBron. Did you hear uh,
1: what he said? The latest thing that he said.
2: Today or
1: I don't know if it was today. It might have been today. He said that how if the Nets win the championship, it's like it's the worst thing that can happen to
2: basketball. Wow, that is a very strong statement. But you know what? Here's the thing with, with Kyrie. Um, and, and I said when the news came out a month ago that they were going to pretty much, like you said, you know, bend over backwards, cave into him, say, okay, fine, you can play the role games. I said this is going to destroy their season. Right. Because First of all, and, and listen, the, the, the guys, you know, KD and, and Harden and, 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 and Patty Mills and, you know, the leaders on that team can say, well, it's not gonna be a big issue. But when you go to a, let's just say you're, you're in a series with, I don't know, Milwaukee, like say, say they got home court advantage and you've got a game six on your home floor down three games to two, your season's on the line and that man's not there. Exactly. You exactly. cannot tell me there's not gonna be hard feelings toward him. Because guess what? If they lose, they're going to talk about that. Oh, are you can Absolutely. And also right now, too, when, you, you know, KD, the best player on the team by far, who's out for, you know, four to six weeks, they, listen, I, I don't think seeding is, you know, do or die for Brooklyn. I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I don't
1: think it matters, yeah.
2: But you do want to build some sort of, you know, camaraderie, some sort of, you know, chemistry with one another, and that was really their issue last year because so many guys did get hurt. Right. But when you talk about your best guys down, you need some dudes to step up, and Kyrie's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not. Not gonna yeah. do it. Yeah, not, not gonna get this yeah, this vaccine. I'm good. I'm good. And, and and it's it's like man, this, this guy, this guy don't get it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, you're you're 100 right. And to even further the point, right? Not even just to talk about Kyrie. But we're just talking about the Nets. This new report that came out that James Harden would be open to relocation, that he wants to go elsewhere. Bryson, have you ever seen three? Weird, strange personalities on one team, and you have to rely on these guys. Oh, yeah. The three weirdest
2: people on your team are your stars. I that mean, it's craziness. They're all I mean, not to this degree, but it's basically like having three ridiculously talented Dennis Robbins kind of. Yeah, exactly. It's not to that degree. Obviously, not to but, not all the way, not you right. know, g- going to Vegas for, for but, 48 hours. But but Like, like just, you said, it's like you you
1: begged everyone. You told everyone you, you 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 didn't work out. You got fat. You burned the bridges in Houston just to get to Brooklyn. Now you're telling everybody that, eh,
0: you know, I'll
1: think about relocation when the time comes.
2: You think about a guy you saw about the three stars briefly. You're talking about James Harden, who we know is the biggest no show of any athlete in sports in the playoffs, right. uh, considering what he does in the regular season and this season. He, I don't know what's up. Something's off. Um, By, well, the hamstring—he tore the hamstring. And- he did, but is it is it not healed yet?
1: Listen, when you tear a hamstring, he had a grade three tear. That is, that's bad. Yeah. Because the thing is with a grade, with a grade three tear, you can't work out. You can't do anything. You have to just sit around and let that thing heal. So that's why he looks so out of shape, you know, as you know, start the season. And he looks so out of whack. I think he, you know, he's, he's had some good games over the last, you know, last few, last Mm -hmm. five or six or so. So I think he's starting to wow, you know get around himself into shape but man tearing a hamstring is no joke man and that's where he was because of the fact that he really didn't do anything that previous offseason because he wanted to get out of Houston so bad he didn't do anything he didn't work out he didn't he, he didn't do anything
2: right. and
1: this is this is the problem that I had with guys like James Harden is that they will go to those lengths just to get out of a situation that they caused That's it so you come to Brooklyn, they sell the farm for you, right? And then you're like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, thank you for getting me here, but possibly may want to go to Philly, maybe. I don't so, get it. You know, it, it, but but man, Stephen A. Smith, he he really he really has it out for the Nets, and you know, I I, I don't I don't have no feelings either way. I, I'm fine with it. I, I tell my friend all the time. Shouts to my man Bishop. He's the only Nets fan that I actually know. Um, he's a real Nets fan, too. He right. was he was going to Nets games when they were in the Prudential Center, you know, from, <laughs> from Queens to Jersey. That's right. that's how hot, that's that's how much of a fan he was. But um, it's all justified. Every criticism that goes the Nets' way, they bring it on themselves, they, they brought it on themselves. Instead of being a, a, an organization that sticks to your guns, but guess what? They're just like the Clippers. They've, they're, when you are a desperate franchise that you haven't won, you will do anything to win. And that means to attach yourself to certain guys that don't, that don't deserve that type of power. You will give it to them. Paul George. Paul George, Qui Leonard, all of that. So, Bryson, you know, I thank you for coming on the show, my man. You know, it's was, it was always good talking to you, man. And, and you know that that New York accent. I'm gonna replay that.
2: It's terrible. Wow,
1: for a while. That's that that's gonna be. That may be the new opening segment for the show.
2: Oh, please don't do that. Yeah, to I me. might
1: I might remix it and, and do something special. So, my man, I appreciate you, man. And we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Shouts to my man, Bryson Carver. <laughs> like that. That was the worst New York accent I've ever heard. But, hey, you you, you get an A for trying. <laughs> Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, W of the Week, on a Tuesday night. It's All Even. This is Cigar Jensen Gals. Just want to give a shout-out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also, check us out at CigarJensenGals.com. where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the A-L-F-R-E to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. We pick candidates on Tuesday. Once the Saturday show comes back, we can do that, too. But for right now, it's just Tuesday. And this guy runs away with the award. Like, nobody comes close. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Hopefully former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, but we in Cowboy Nation don't have much confidence that that's going to happen. Mike McCarthy is my winner for, yeah. because, <laughs> let me get this straight, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. You are a head coach. You haven't been in the NFL for a few years, and then you get the interview with Jerry Jones, and you lie and tell Jerry Jones that you watched the team and, you know, you studied tape, and you lied. You flat out lied just to get the job. So you already start off with BS. You've already deceived the owner of the team, likes you, so he hires you. Your clock management skills have been horrible in Green Bay, and they're horrible here. Been bad all year, led the league in penalties, came back to bite you against San Francisco. But that's not what kills me about this. What kills me about this is that you co-signed one of the worst calls in football history. I thought that Pete Carroll would have the crown forever. No, 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 no. You said, Pete Carroll, hold my beer. I'm going to QB draw this with 14 seconds left and then blame it on the refs. (laughs) You can't make this up. So you screw up, but you blame it on the refs. Every time I see Mike McCarthy on the sidelines, he just stands there like like a stuffed pig. He doesn't say anything. He just has this deer in headlights look. Has no idea what he's doing. The, the fake punt. Nobody knew what the hell they was doing on the sidelines. He's just standing there. Chaos around him. and He's just standing there. This is what we get. This is what Cowboys Nation deserves. We wanted Jason Garrett gone so bad. And we said we don't care who comes in. We don't care who gets hired. It can't be any worse than the Clapper, Jason Garrett. And we were wrong. I don't know what kind of voodoo you put on the old man, but you got him fooled. Got a son fooled, too. You don't have Cowboys Nation fooled. So maybe maybe this should be reversed. Maybe we are the dummies. Maybe we should be on trial here because we support this team with this coach that's a complete buffoon. And he's going to continue to make bonehead mistakes. While he has that look on his face like when your parents tell you to take the garbage out and you haven't taken it out. And then they say, why the hell didn't you take the garbage out? And you have to look like, I don't know. He just he just has this, this spaced out stare where you know that he's not there. Like he's checked out. Like he's in Bermuda. That's how he looks. And that's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So, as long as this Tommy F around and butt powder guy just... Do it anymore, Mike McCarthy. You are a loser in the hearts of many Dallas Cowboys fans, but to Jerry Jones, and today on this show, you're a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I see you guys next week. Until then, stay safe, stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Podbeam, Amazon Music, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and hit that subscribe button.